Hello, hello, and hello, everybody! Welcome back for another episode. If not now, when? In today's show, I am so beyond excited to welcome our special guest, Jax Brennan, to join us today. Jax, she is a creative executive and expert on connecting between business and branding. Over a decade of experience as a creative director for a variety of luxury fashion brands. She has helped lead over 22 major corporations in executing their branding strategies. She is also authority on taking brands, organizations, and entrepreneurs on the next level of the success. Today, Jax is the CEO and co-founder of Philly, a female mastermind membership community that focuses on educational masterclasses, accountability, peer-to-peer mentorship. Leadership advancement and founding opportunities for the early stage female founders. With that, everybody, I am so beyond excited. Thank you so much, Jax, for joining us, and welcome to the show. All right, Jax, tell us how do you grow up? Oh, I'm so. First of all, I'm so happy to be here with you, Wen. Seriously, how did I grow up? Okay, I'm gonna go way back in this journey. Please. I grew up in a small town called Bayonne, New Jersey. It's literally three miles long. Everybody knows everyone. Everybody's cousins are related in some way. Very <laughs> small town, literally 15 minutes outside of Manhattan, so outside、wow. of the big city.、Um, I enjoyed my time growing up in in New Jersey. I loved having access to New York whenever I wanted.、Mm-hmm. My childhood was interesting. My father was a trader. He worked on Wall Street for、mm-hmm. many years. And although New Jersey was base, my childhood every two weeks was traveling with my mother to wherever my father was, all over. Where、so、did he go? We had ta- a lot of time in California. We had a lot of time in upstate New York and Albany. We had time in Florida. So it was kind of constantly on、mm-hmm. the go. That was my childhood. And then when the market crashed in two thousand eight, my father had a heart attack. He's still with us, but it definitely changed the trajectory of life,、wow. where we were just staying in one place.、Mm. And it was an interesting time because I grew up with a lot,、um, a lot of love, a lot of support, financially a lot. And then I also know what it's like to really have nothing and have to rebuild at a really early point in my、mm. life for my family.、Mm. So I have, I've always have this duality of understanding both sides. So that's the kind of childhood. I have a sister. I'm very close to my family.、Um, I did start taking college credits early when I was in high school. I started going to FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology,、mm. studying fashion marketing. I always knew my entire life I wanted to work in fashion. Why? And I was always told, you. You're never gonna work in fashion. You can't sew. You can't sketch. You're not skinny. You don't look like models. Like, what do you think you're gonna do? Who do you think you are? I got this question so many times in my life, and I just never listened. I was like, you know, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna find a way. I'm gonna go to fashion school. So I started early, and then I finished my education at the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. And I graduated with my bachelor's a little over two years. I was wild. I did classes every day, seven days a week. I loved it. I was so. It was the first time that school felt exciting for me because、yeah. I was doing what I loved. Yeah. At that time, I started my first company,、mm. uh, quite young and very ambitious, with a very dear friend who's still a close friend, and we had a runway production and PR company. So we would produce all the shows for Miami Swim Week, Mercedes Benz Swim Week. We founded Fort Lauderdale Fashion Week in collaboration with the Art Institute. Wow! And it was wild. I would go to class, ask the professors for the syllabus, turn it all in, so I didn't physically have to sit there. And I would travel and work, and I did a lot at a young age. And then I experienced what we call burnout. So this is a, a part of my story that I don't often get to share, but I'm very passionate about,、mm-hmm. which is talking about mental health.、Mm. And because I pushed myself so hard, I was at the point where I didn't have the tools that I have today、mm-hmm. to take care of myself. I didn't understand rest, recovery, 
mindfulness, intentionality, mm-hmm. meditation. And I pushed so hard that I had a physical and mental burnout, a hospitalized burnout. And this was when I was about 22 years old. Oh, my goodness. And I graduated uh, magna cum laude, highest achievement overall. And I remember coming off the stage just like just collapsing in depression. And my family had to take me back from Florida, back to New Jersey. Mm. And that was the first time that I learned how to rebuild and how to start over completely, being a big fish in a small pond in Miami, coming home and wanting to work in fashion in New York, which is a very hard industry to break into, and having to start from scratch all over again. But as you say, when, um, those moments of resiliency are what make the diamond. We are diamonds. Yeah. Diamonds are multifaceted. They're the strongest element in this earth, and they are resilient. They can withstand anything. So I learned how to rebuild. I did about five unpaid internships. I lived back with my parents in their house. It was a very humbling time. And that's when I met my first great mentor in New York, and she took a chance on me. And I started getting back into fashion. I started as a fashion marketing manager. Mm -hmm. I quickly grew into creative director. I started working for different brands. Specifically, I started my career in accessories, Mm -hmm. handbags, fine jewelry. Then I started getting recognition quite young as a creative director. And I had my greatest mentor of my life. And she asked me to come work for her as her creative director and build her social impact brand. Wow. And she opened many doors. She believed in me. She empowered me. And it was, I call this point in my life, my life MBA. I worked all the time, but I started getting smarter about taking care of myself Mm. and what that looked like. And I got to design in collaboration for Serena Williams Mm. and launch her jewelry line in collaboration with this brand I was creative director for. I got to associate produce a documentary series for Refinery29 on global artisan work. It was called Connecting Thread. Wow. And I got to design ready-to-wear that was sold in large retailers like um, Bloomingdale's and Lord & Taylor at the time. And then in my journey, I left all of that because I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had always dreamed of really building my own company. For so many years, I was building the dreams of everybody else, and I had this hunger to do it. So I gave up my big fancy corporate job, and I decided to rebuild again and start from scratch. This time, I launched a tech company. Mm. It was a SaaS B2B software for the fashion industry with a few male partners, and this was my biggest learning lesson of life. Mm. To be very intentional about who you are building with, to know your worth, to speak up and advocate for yourself. I learned so much from this team and I'm really grateful for my time with them. But this experience and the hardships of it and some negativity of it led me to create Feely, which is my baby Mm -hmm. and what we do today. I was always the only woman in the room. I didn't understand raising capital, vesting schedules. I did not get a formal NBA, so I was really in the dark when. I didn't have a tribe. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who to talk to you about this, mm-hmm. what lawyers to hire, what to ask for in my contracts. And I came back to New York again, feeling defeated. New York has always been the place that lifted me up the mm-hmm. most. And I started going to every female founders, networking group, event, anything that I could find. And I met a magical human, I call her my Chinese soul sister, at the New York Times at a female founders pitch event. We were both there just to watch. We just wanted to see what other women were doing, what they were saying, how they were advocating for their companies. And we met there and we immediately hit it off, like soul sister connection. Her name is Yan Yi Li. She goes by Summer. And that's where I met my co-founder. And we started attending different mastermind groups together. We were both dedicated to professional and personal development. We learned about Tony Robbins, Brendan Bouchard, Brene Brown. We learned about the concept of mastermind. What is that? 
mastermind was coined in 1925 by Napoleon Hill. Mm. And he said, I might not be the smartest man, but if I surround myself with the smartest people and we each have a superpower, together we moved mountains. And that resonated with me so deeply in my soul. And I said, oh, I want to do this for women. I want to do this for women. So Summer is a very analytical, data-driven woman, and she's taught me a lot. And we did some research. We put our data hats on. And when we found a few things, one, traditional mastermind groups were very expensive, minimum buy-in $25,000 per year, all white men only meet once a quarter. We found that traditional organizations that existed like YPO, Mm -hmm. which are fantastic, you have to have $2 million in working capital and 50 employees to even be considered for the New York chapter, unattainable for an early stage founder. And then we saw female communities like Chief, which are wonderful and they've paved the way, go Chief, but they focus on corporate executive women. And they're a different age demographic than we were. So we had a hard time resonating with that, that exact platform, even though it's very important what they do. So we launched Feely. This was a passion project. We launched it three years ago at a table at Soho House in New York City in Meatpacking District. And one day, we literally had about 30 tables of women trying to pull their tables to come sit with us, to talk to us, to figure out what is this group? What does this mean? And we looked at each other and we said, this is something. And we were both were consulting, doing other things, but Feely's what we dreamed about every morning, mm-hmm. every weekend. It was what we were most excited about. So we decided, let's do this. Let's go all in. And wow. we officially incorporated Feely only in 2019. So we've been running Feely for three years, but officially as a C-Corp since yeah. 2019. And for audience who might not as familiar with Feely, tell us what that name even means. Yes, good question. So Feely stands for tribe in Greek and family in Latin. We are truly a tribe, a sisterhood of female identifying individuals. And it's a mastermind, which we like to say it's a NAS business, network as a service, peer-to-peer private membership community. Mm -hmm. And now Soho House, where we started that dream, is our global partner. Oh my goodness. And the founder, who is incredible and has become a mentor for us, Nick Jones, is a formal advisor for Feely. And they have been a wonderful support for this growing NAS business. Wow, that's incredible. That's the full journey one. <laughs> so so tell us, um, when you first time getting burned on entrepreneurship journey, mm-hmm. how do you have that courage knowing that, you know what, this is not it, this is next thing for me? Yes, that's a great point. So oftentimes we look at successful CEOs and founders and we see the highlight reels. Mm-hmm. We see the good stuff on Instagram. We see the planes and the fancy and all the the, the benefit yeah. of the years of struggle, sacrifice, and yeah. failures that we learn to reframe, right? Mm-hmm. So I have this unruling faith that I will make it at what I do because I believe in myself. I don't need outside validation from anybody. I know that when my heart is in the right place and my intentions are focused mm-hmm. on a mission, I know that I'm going to figure it out no matter what. And businesses are going to fail. Things are going to change. I don't like the word pivot, but I'll Mm -hmm. use the word redirect. You're going to have to redirect all the time. But if you have good values and a strong mission and you believe in yourself, you are going to make it happen. I love that determination and the passion. Where is the unwavering faith come from? It comes from trusting myself. Mm. When I was younger, I don't think I trusted myself. I just learned how to do this. How right? do you, when is the moment you shift? Yeah. So this is how I take it. I make promises to myself and they start as little promises. Like every day you're going to get your butt in the gym and you're going to exercise. Every day you're going to meditate, even if it's just for three minutes. Mm-hmm. Every day you're going to be grateful 
for something, you're going to wake up and you're going to be grateful <laughs> and you're going to give gratitude. We were both just pointing at our, our gratitude tattoos on our hands. Yes. A beautiful reminder. And I started there keeping promises to myself. Mm. Every day you're going to show up and you're going to be your authentic self. And even if people don't like you, that's okay because mm. you like you, mm -hmm. right? You're not going to hold back. You're going to say what you want to say. You're going to be very honest and real. Mm -hmm. And once you start keeping those promises to mm -hmm. yourself, you learn how to trust your inner voice and your intuition. Mm -hmm. And when you have that connection, mind, body, spirit, you are divinely guided all the time. Oh my goodness, divinely guided. You said so beautifully and we all want all those loves from universe, from divine, from all those places around us. So thank you for sharing that. Yes. So for founders, especially female founders today, maybe are not quite find her voice yet. What is one thing you think she can start doing today to find that divine loved mm -hmm. dimension? I love this question. Ladies, start asking for what you want and mm. what you need. And I will say this over and over on every podcast or everywhere I ever speak. As women, we were trained and conditioned our whole lives, no matter what culture you were born into, not to ask. We were taught to be quiet, be mm -hmm. respectful. Don't ask. That's impolite. Mm -hmm. I am here to tell you, you can make polite and intentional asks. Take up space be thoughtful, mm -hmm. ask for what you want and what you need. Because if you ask, you shall receive. Amen. When is the first time you intentionally ask and take a space? Yeah, this was recent. This is, I have learned how to make these asks just recently within the past four years of my journey. Mm. I was too afraid to make asks before because I didn't believe in myself or trust myself enough. And once you have the trust and belief, you see that the more you ask, the more you receive. And my greatest mentor, she always said, the word no doesn't hurt. And that was really powerful for me to watch her be told no. And she's like, okay, fine. I'm going to ask again tomorrow. Maybe it will be a yes. And that just that notion of yeah. just ask. The worst that can happen is somebody says no. It might be no today, but it might not be no in a few weeks, a few months, a few years. Yeah. Wow, I think that's a very powerful lesson. I think oftentimes we so worry about our, I don't, I don't know if it's the right word to say, losing the face. Mm. That's how we said it in Chinese culture. And oftentimes that feeling of, oh my goodness, am I out of this place? Am I losing the, the face for my family, for myself? And therefore, a lot of people don't ask. And you are exactly right. The we power of ask. ask is just all within us. Yes, we just have to ask. That's my biggest advice. Start making promises to yourself that you can keep every day. Start small, and then they get bigger and bigger. Mm -hmm. And then start asking for what you want and what you need. I love the promises part mm -hmm. because it's so small and so, so small. tangible. Could it's be just so easy. you wake up at a certain time. You deliver that. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, just start small day by day and make a promise to yourself and learn how to keep it. And when we keep our promises, we know that we are worth our, our time. Mm -hmm. We learn how to trust. Yes. We learn how to love ourselves just mm -hmm. one day at a time. One day at a time. So with that, Jax, I want to go back to you on your journey. I think from outside, you always is someone that I think I look at as so aspiring, always know what you want. I'm curious, do you always like that? And where does that drive come from? So I don't always know exactly what I want. But I know how I want to feel, mm. and I do a lot of work in creative visualization and manifesting to dream about the outcomes that I want to see. So when I think about how do I want to feel, how do I want to show up, what do my outcomes want to look like, that helps me define what I want in those moments. It's an ongoing process. That's magical. Tell us about your routine and ritual. How do you create that? Yes. So a few years ago, I'd say I've been doing this routine now for about oh, five, six years. Oh I wake up every morning, not, not seven days a week, but at least five, and I exercise. And for me, I am a curvy Latina woman. I embrace it. It's not about number. It's not about a size. I am an advocate for body positivity. 
I have been all sizes, big and small. At one point, I was a, a small size. I'm a size 12 and very proud, but I exercise every day and I move my body. And I know that I normally dislike the gym and I don't like to exercise by myself. So I hire people that motivate me mm-hmm. to show up and get in that gym and they have beautiful energy and we blast music and we dance and we hang out and it makes it fun. Mm-hmm. And they help me get there every day. So that's first. I move my body. Every day I meditate mm. at least for three minutes. Some days I meditate for 45 minutes. Some days I only have 15 minutes before a quick meeting, but I take time to intentionally have space for myself to think and reflect every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I do mantras every day that I have crafted in my life journey. I started them six years ago, and I say them to myself every day. Are they different every day or the same? Same. Same every day. Um, They're my life mantras that I was given this fantastic book six years ago by a wonderful spiritual healer called Creative Visualization. And I was able to find my mantras through that book. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it for anybody. You can get it on Amazon. Shati Guan is the author of the book. I reread it every year over New Year's. Wow. And then I just give myself a little space in the morning. I'm an early riser. So mm-hmm. I'm up at 6 or 6.30 every single day. I take this space to pour into my cup before the day starts where I have to pour into everybody else's cup. It's very, very important for me to do this work. Mm -hmm. And some days it's longer. Some days it'll be like an hour or two hours. Some days it's like I have 45 minutes to do this. So it shifts. Yeah. Wow. Powerful. I love that you are intentional and you are keeping the promises you have to yourself for the past, sounds like, years, decades. But I have to say, some days I listen to my body mm-hmm. as well. Like today, I've been pushing so hard these past two weeks. It's been a wild ride. Ooh. And today, I just needed a little more sleep. So mm-hmm. I let myself take it. So you have to listen to yourself too. I love that. And I want to comment on that as well. Oftentimes, when we hear about key promises or disciplines, it's a very masculine energy. And mm-hmm. I think they are fantastic, important for success. But in the meantime... There's a moment that we need to give ourselves grace. We do. And today is July 13th as we're recording, and it's the biggest full moon of the season. And there's a lot of energy change and shifting happening in our world right now. Yeah. There just is. I'm very woo-woo, so you'll see this about me. I love that. And I felt like I needed a little more intentional space this morning. So Can I tell you a moon story? Yes, tell this me. This is so tell unexpected, me. but I, first of all, love the moon. Okay, this is just always in my heart. So when I was seven, first of all, for some background information, I grew up in a little ruler town where on the mountain where there's no car, there's no internet, and there's no mentor. There's no mantra. There's no uh, any other possibilities of the mountain. But I remember when I was seven years old, every evening, one of our rituals, my mom will, will bicycle, we don't have cars, will bike me to uh, from my house to my grandma's house. And we do that every single night. And this one evening, I remember, I was just chilling behind her back and she just biking. I'm like doing my thing. And suddenly, I look up in the sky. I saw this bright moon. Mm. She follows me everywhere, all the way from my house to Chills. my grandma's house. And I thought to myself, wow, I must be so special here. There are so many people, but Mo only chose me. She follows me everywhere. I must be so special. There must be a world out there for me to see. Yes, yes. And to the day, I never tell that story to anyone because I thought that's my best kept secret. I cannot tell people. This is like, she chose me. I have to like keep it in my heart. And for the longest time, I was just daydreaming about seeing the world one day. And Moon is always in my heart. And I know that today as an adult, I know Moon chose every single one of us. But when I walk out of my house on the street, when I saw the bright moon on the on the sky, I know whatever trouble, whatever issue I have, it's all well because Moon chose me. And therefore, when you share about Moon, I was like, Oh, that's I... the title of your book. The Moon Chooses Me. There it is, one. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, no pressure, but that is on my um, uh, 
vision board. I know it. I see it. And that's the title of your book. There you go. I can't wait to read it. Well, no pressure, but yes. <laughs> um, well, thank you. I, I really, really enjoy that. Um, a little bit unexpected. But now let's go back to you, Jax. So tell us a little bit more about Philly and how can our uh, fellow female founders join today? And what is next for you and Philly? Oh, wow, this is such a great question because we are coming at such a turning point of evolution for our growing business, which feels so good to say. So first I'll say we have open applications for cohorts. We are always taking mm -hmm. applications. If you are a female identifying founder, please apply at Feely Tribe, F-Y-L-I tribe.com. Every single person that applies has the right to an interview with our team mm -hmm. where we do the selection process for our cohorts. Our cohorts are small groups of up to 10. Mm -hmm. It's a year-long commitment, and we go deep. We have a curriculum structure, everything from personal to professional, everything from preventing burnout and biohacking and taking care of yourself to raising capital, finding your mentors, building your advisory board, market growth scale, getting ready for your exit, M&A, everything that you need, everything that we wish we had when we started, right? Wow. We do this for early stage female founders. And now we have two profiles of women that we work with. One, our early stage. You're pre-revenue, you have a big idea, you have a vision, you have drive, passion, ambition, you're ready to go, you just need support. That's one. Two is the more seasoned, experienced founder. You are gener revenue generating. You might have raised your pre-seed. You might be in Series A. You might have just got acquired, and now you're dreaming up your second or your third business. But this time, you want support and fun on the journey. Mm -hmm. These are the two profiles of women that we are currently accepting. We are not currently working with corporate entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. and there's a very special space and community we have identified for them. So we do our best to align with community partners, other groups, other communities that we will help send you to. Even if you're not a fit for Feely, you're always welcomed in our Friends of Feely family, mm -hmm. which is our larger community. So that's first. We're accepting applications. Second, we announced our corporate partnership with UBS a few weeks ago. It has been our dream partner since we launched Feely. We're doing a national salon series tour called Own Your Worth, which is specific to financial literacy for early stage founders, how to build wealth, how to create impact and legacy. We're doing a market tour in collaboration with Soho House. Wow. So we kick this off next week in the Hamptons. Then we go to New York City in September. Then we go to Milan end of September. Feely's on the Milan Fashion Week calendar for women's empowerment. So my two worlds get to collide a little bit. Then we do Los Angeles in November and Miami in December for Art Basel. And we end it back in Austin for South by Southwest 2023 International Women's Day, March 8th. So that's the events with UBS. Yesterday, UBS just announced a female CEO a woman of color, and I am so excited to see this happen and manifest. I love UBS. I love the work they do for women. I love how they show up and advocate in this space. So they're my dream partner. Yay. And the biggest news, I am so excited to announce the Feely Fund, a $20 million fund for female-identifying founders, which will serve all categories of marketing, finance, CPG, tech, SaaS, agriculture, wellness, everything. We are looking for early stage founders. It will be a eight-year fund, and we will get to write 32 pre-seed checks. Mm -hmm. So if at this current moment, if you are listening to this and you want to support women and you are a female LP, you have an institutional fund, you run a family office, or you're an individual that wants to invest, I cannot wait to speak with you. Yeah. Wow, what an amazing, amazing update. And I know a lot of founders on the other hand is like, wow, how can I be part of that incredible, incredible community? 
So I'm going to ask for our listeners, how can she be considered for the investment? Absolutely. That's such a wonderful question. We are announcing our investment thesis mm. next Sunday, Ooh. and it's going to be up on our website, feelytribe.com, and you can read about the exact profiles we are calling in. We will be investing in women within our cohorts within mm -hmm. Feely and some women that are not in our cohorts in Feely. Mm -hmm. So we are going to be very mindfully open mm -hmm. to funding the right female identifying founders who are going to create change and impact in this world, mm -hmm. who have a voice and a vision, who just need an opportunity and for mm. people to believe in them. And I do believe our founders are going to be so successful from the fun because of the work we do mm -hmm. in our cohorts. Mm. Wow. What does impact mean for you, Jax? That's a great question. Impact to me means to create sustainable change that will affect the future of our world. That's beautiful. And how do you find your impact? I find my impact through being of service mm -hmm. to other women. Acts of service is one of my love languages. I love to give, I love to connect, and I love to open my heart, my mind, my resources for women because yeah. this is what I'm most passionate about in this world. That's you, Jax. You are a super connector. I mean, you are creating such a beautiful community with such a thoughtfulness and love Thank for everybody. You. Thank you, Wen, and you too. You've created a platform and a voice for women to share their experiences, their journey to be vulnerable, honest, and real. Because so often when we do press interviews or podcasts, they just want to see the checks, the, mm. the marks on the boxes. But it's nice to go deep with someone. So speaking of deep, speaking about uh, maybe part of the means not always sunshine, rainbow. I'm curious, Jax, today you are so successful from outside and people are like, wow, so inspired by you. But along the journey, what is one of the biggest challenging or maybe uh, mistake, quote unquote, if I made that you have experienced that help you shape who you are today? Well, I'll say I have made many mistakes and I have fallen flat on my face so many times and failed, but we reframe failures into discoveries because they're all important learning lessons. Mm -hmm. I have had times where I never thought I'd be able to physically pick myself back up and rebuild again. There has been times where I lost the belief and the faith in myself. And there's been times where I conformed mm -hmm. to what I thought people wanted me to be, how they wanted me to look, how they wanted me to speak, how they wanted me to act. And I lost my own internal identity because I was a people pleaser. So I've learned wow. so many important lessons. So at that moment, how do you rise up? This is what I've learned. We all need a tribe. I have a global tribe of over 15,000 people now, but I also have my internal mastermind, my pocket of in amazing individuals that I've collected in my life who are my ride or die tribe. And these humans hold me accountable mm. and they call me out on my bullshit mm -hmm. and they'll say, I know you and you're having a hard day and mm -hmm. it's okay. Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. They will tell me, girl, you're doing a lot. Are you sleeping? Mm -hmm. Are you taking care of yourself? Mm -hmm. They will literally just be there for me no matter what. And everybody needs a tribe. Mm -hmm. So in those really dark moments, I've always been good at surrounding myself with individuals that make me feel good and lift my mm -hmm. spirit and my soul. And on that note, I want to ask you about tribe. And I think oftentimes, you know, what is maybe a misconception that, you know, you can have a friends group, but also you can have a, maybe I oftentimes I see folks who have a tribe, but maybe not have a true authentic connection with. Maybe they are, they are looking wonderful, they have amazing brunch, they have a lovely conversation, but it's not the level of truly trusting and truly guide each other back. That experience. How do you articulate that to our listeners who are maybe thinking, oh, do I have a tribe? Do I need a new tribe? How does that work? Tell That's us that. such a wonderful question. I was just speaking about this the other day with a close friend who asked me the same question. 
I'm very good now at listening to my intuition. Mm. And I have so many great friends all over. And I love spending time with people. Mm -hmm. At this current point in life, life is very full for mm -hmm. me. So I choose to spend my time intentionally with people that when I leave them, they make me feel better. They've added to my day. They've made me feel like my cup is being refilled. They make me laugh. They bring me joy. I feel like I, I can show up to them mm -hmm. as my most authentic real self, mm. and they make my soul feel good. So I spend my time with people that make me feel good. And I've noticed, you know, as we grow and evolve and change, sometimes we outgrow our tribes and mm -hmm. it doesn't mean we don't love them and mm -hmm. we can't be there for them, but everybody is on their unique learning journey in mm -hmm. life. So maybe I won't spend as much time with these individuals who don't fill my soul and my heart and my cup, but they're still important to me and I still love them. Mm -hmm. So your tribe, those are people you can speak to about anything, about relationships, about love, about investing, about your company. There's there's an open book and it's it's like we pour into each other. That's your tribe. Yeah. And on that note, how would you advise a female founder to say no? To the tribe that she might don't find in the right alliance anymore. But you mentioned earlier, sometimes I notice we all want to make people happy. We all have this people pleaser within us. That little bit part of it just, I don't know how to say no. But I'm going to go to the theater anyway. I'm going to, how do you advise her? You know, I'm still learning, girl. I'm so <laughs> I'm I'm not that great at saying no, but I'm getting better. Yeah. And I have people that hold me accountable to saying no because mm -hmm. Listen, at the end of the day, you only have so many hours in a day. Mm -hmm. And your hours really have to be intentional, mm -hmm. really have to be intentional, surrounding yourself with people that are pouring into this cup. Mm -hmm. So saying no is mm -hmm. so important of evolution and growth. And the way that I look at it, because I, I have so much love for people, I and I don't want to disappoint anybody, and I want to be there for everybody as much as I can. But I look at my goals, my big picture goals, my BPGs, right? And I have to evaluate what are the things that I need to do to get to these BPGs. And as we're building and growing in a big way, my time gets limited and limited and limited. So I choose to spend my time with individuals that not only help with these BPGs, but add love and light and lightness as I'm getting there. So yeah. that's the best way I can describe that. I'm just really intentional about time. I love that. So at home, I have this handwritten notes on my wall. I said, if I say yes to this, I say no to, I have a brand, myself, my happiness, my goals, my missions, all the things. Mm. I put it right in front of me. So every time I feel like, oh, I don't know how to say no, I'm just looking at this handwriting by myself, colorful, rainbows. I remind myself, I have to say yes to myself. Yes, you have to say yes to yourself. Every Sunday night, I look at my calendar for the week mm. and I remove at least one thing that doesn't need to be there. What do that, you say in that email? And I'm very honest. I have these BPGs and I have to focus on them. And I can't wait to spend time for you with you, but I want to show up and be present. Mm -hmm. So let's do this at a time where I can show up for you like you want to show up oh, for me. So and I'm beautiful. just very honest about it. Sometimes people don't like to hear it. Sometimes people can get angry or mad, but you have to do what you have to do to get to your goals. So every mm -hmm. Sunday, I try to take one thing that. off my plate so I can have intentional time and space to focus on creating the goals. And if people don't like it, she or he might not be your tribe anyway. Exactly. That's how you learn also who your tribe is. The people that love you and support you and understand mm -hmm. how you need to show up. Beautiful. Jax, tell us about men mentorship because mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier how that important for your yes. early career as yes. well as today, Philly. And I want to just ask that for a lot of female founders, it's a, it's a concept where they all felt, of course, I should have it. But what does that mean and how do you drive in that conversation forward so then she can really rise based on that incredible relationship? That's wonderful. And I want to lead this question with a really hard statistic. Mm. 
from McKinsey. Tell us. 48% of women in the United States feel that they will not accomplish a successful business because they do not have access Mm -hmm. to a mentor. 48%. That is almost half. Mm -hmm. This needs to change, and we are actively changing it every single day as much as we could. We look at solutions for corporate companies. I'm going to do a plug here. Janice Omadecki, The Mentor Method, another founder based in Austin whom I adore, she's doing this on a corporate level, B2B. There are so many ways we can change this, but you have to start. If you're listening, if you're a female founder and you need a mentor, this is where you make your asks. You be very intentional and you create a list of individuals that are your dream mentors or advisors. You research them. You see if you have any connections to them whatsoever on LinkedIn, through friends, through companies. You think about asking someone you know to make a thoughtful introduction and you ask if someone would be your mentor. What does that look like? It could be very different for different people. I unofficially, let's say, quote unquote, mentor at least five women every quarter. I dedicate my mentorship to black and brown founders because they need mentorship the most. And for me, it looks like a call every month for an hour. I want to hear what they're working on. I want to hear their ambitions. I want to hear how I can help them. I want them to email me updates. I want to be involved in their life. It can be different for everybody, but it all starts with making an ask. You have to know, how do you want to receive this mentorship? Mm -hmm. What do you need from them? And mentorship is also a two-way street. Mm -hmm. You have to be very respectful of someone's time Mm -hmm. and energy. And if you're asking a mentor to show up for you, you better be ready to show up, which means intentional, thoughtful, on time, Mm -hmm. with questions, really gathering your thoughts as much as possible and making educated, Mm -hmm. intentional asks for them. That's beautiful. So to be specific, for founders, like, wow, that's beautiful. But how do I actually get started? So the mm. first meeting, the first call, are you just literally open and say, hey, Jax, I really admire your work. Can you be my mentor? Literally. That might be a little bit front, no? That Yeah, that, and that's, that's literally how it happens. Um, officially, I'm involved in the WIELD program of mm-hmm. UT, which is spe- specifically for diverse entrepreneurs and founders, mm-hmm. which was – now the executive director is Ruben Cantu, and yes. I adore him. So I'm an official mentor for them, unofficially for many other individuals. And people will connect me to individuals all the time. And sometimes I have to say no mm-hmm. if my plate is extremely full and I'll say, okay, I can't mentor you right now. Here's someone who can, mm-hmm. and I'll be ready for you by this time. Yeah. So, yes, you simply just have to ask. You just have I to ask. That. And it could be informal. It, it, you can literally say, hey, once a month or once a quarter, can I take you for coffee mm-hmm. and ask you some questions? Mm-hmm. And if you can answer them, great. If you can't, no problem. But I want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. That's literally what it starts with. And I love how intentional you are. You actually need to go out there and make sure you're on time, you're respectful, you know exactly what you, want, what you want to ask. So it's not just let it flow versus you have agenda. You know clearly how can uh, this be productive. Preparation is the key to success. Preparation and consistency. I might not be the smartest. I might not have the best formal education. I might not be the most wealthy. I'm definitely not or... I will be the most prepared and the most hardworking and the most authentic person in every room because this is how I choose to show up. So if you are going to be prepared, authentic, intentional, and ready to receive, you're going you're gonna to take it. You got it. That's your superpower, Jax. Thanks, Wen. How do you define success today, Jax? And with that, oh, good are you question. Success? This is such a good question. I reframed my personal definition of success recently, and this is something that I tell myself every day. To me, success is location, financial freedom, building and creating impact, doing what I love. Mm. That is how I'm defining success now. It's not monetary. It's not about money. It's not about how much I own. It's not about ego. It doesn't matter if people know me or not. I want to have location, 
and financial freedom to be around the world doing what I love with an abundant mindset, getting to make impact and change. That is how I define success. How do you define success? I want to know. So first of all, no one ever asked me that, but thank you. Um, You know, when I was little, I always feel this fire on my chest. I could not explain what I was when I was little, when nobody ever understood me or see me as who I am. Mm-hmm. My entire town, my village, my family, they all trying so hard to conform me to that little girl that they all want and love. And I just not that girl. And I tried so hard for years trying to just be the girl for them. And mm-hmm. I try and I try, but I could not shake it off. The, the fire on my heart, it just never go away. Today, a decade later, you know, after I on this journey, on this quest to find out what I was, what I is, today I'm still seeking that. And I think the fire on my chest even burned bigger and brighter. And for me, I realize now that I really see this as a mountain girl like me, never meant to come this far. And I know that it's not because I felt I'm not have the worth. It's I know statistically a girl like me never to meant this far, whether it's been the first person ever left the town, attend college, start a life in a different world, and create her adventure, which is not even heard. A girl like me never meant to have a voice, never meant to have an opinion, let alone to create a, a life. So I want to say I'm so extremely grateful and lucky. Today I know that I shared my moon story earlier. I know my moon chose me for a reason. I know that I'm here for a magical reason. I know that I'm here to give back. I know I'm here to make a world a better place. I know this thing is very cheesy for many others, but I could not try to shake it. This is just in my heart to make a world a better place. And I just could not shake it off. And I think every single day I'm trying to find what that what that what I entail, what I look like every day through my business, through my interaction with every human being, every incredible leader like yourself. I'm thinking, how can I make the world a better place today? And eventually, I truly, you know, this is one thing that I truly adore you and the mission that Felix go up to because I truly think if one day I can impact many more girls, ladies from all over the world, even the ruler part of the world where she might found she got forgotten. But if we all can rise together, I really think that will be a dream come true one day. So the answer in short make the world a better place. But long term, I always see myself on the big stage. And one day, hopefully, I can make a bigger impact for the many, many others who might not found, not think they deserve a voice, a chance. But hopefully, they can see a little love from us and knowing that they are enough and they deserve all the dreams if they have in their heart. Oh, so many chills when and you were meant to do this work and you just said something that is so important that together we rise that is our mission statement rise renew inspire support and empower that's our mission of feely i need to say the exact same words yes i tell people okay first of all i'm asian asian are good at math okay the math i like to do is one plus one equals four when we all come together, when we put our authentic selves on the table, truly, one plus one equals four. That's Amen, the math I like sister. to do. Amen. I love it. So, Jax, one day when we all pass, who do you like your gravestone says about you? Mm, I don't want a gravestone. Take me and spread me everywhere all over the world for all of my people so that my human experience, when that's gone, can be surrounding and floating filled with love i am saying the exact same thing i want to be in the ocean where all the fish can eat me so i can be part of the entire world same same i love that but jocks what do you want people to remind you remember you by when i think about legacy i think about the future it's not about me i don't care about my name i don't care about any of that. I care about the impact work that I am here to do on this world for women. Mm -hmm. And I just want it to keep continuing Mm. for generation after generation after generation. Mm. That is legacy to me. That's beautiful. I love that you have such a clear vision, determination, and passion. And I really can see that. We all can see that. Thank you. Thank you. I want to ask... 
you, what would you wish you younger selves? What do you、mm. wish you can tell your younger version of selves? Ah,、uh, so many things. Well, we can pick one thing. You're beautiful. You're loved.、Mm. You know exactly what you need to do. Stop the noise. Listen to yourself. Show up and be you. Wow. Received. What about for the fellow female entrepreneurs who are in the journey, finding her quest,、mm. finding her selves? What would you tell her? I would tell her to be brave, take risks,、mm. make asks, show up, take space, use your voice. Advocate、mm-hmm. for yourself. Be prepared. Stay consistent. So many chills. My last question, Jax. You mentioned earlier you are Latino, or you want you are maybe、um, half Latina. Half Latino. So I thought maybe this question would be relevant. How do you define American dream, or what does that mean for you? Well, if that is、mm. relevant, it's completely unrelevant to me. I am a global citizen,、mm. and I do think I'm, I'm so grateful to the United States of America for giving me privilege and the opportunity that I have to show up the way I do. And I'm very grateful to our country, but I have I want no part of the American dream at this moment.、Mm. I have a global dream of what is unity your dream? of unity. Of the world coming together for good,、mm. of creating bonds and impact all over the world, and it's going to be done by women. We are the ones that are going to rewrite the script to help the world for the future generations to become better. Global、wow. citizen, I love that, Josh. You are such a global leader, having the vision, but also having the love, consistency, always prepare, and then know that you're going to crushing it, and you're truly going to. May this world a better place for each and every one of us. Thank you so much, Wen. I really appreciate that. Thank you. With that, I、oh、my God, I'm so so grateful for this amazing episode, and thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today. We are so grateful to have you. We cannot wait to see you all next week. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Wen.